Hi everybody. It's time for your pals and sunshine. It's time for Geekbox. <laughs> And welcome to episode one five, part three of Geeksters. I'm your host, Ed. I'm your host, Sean. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I was not expecting that at all. <laughs> that one was for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even sure how that's going to sound in audio. Hey, hey, it's me. It's Geeksters. Yay. <laughs> Uh, so hi folks, welcome to part three of episode 185 Here we bring you the nerd news with Edward Yes Eduardo, Edward, tell us what we're going to hear in this episode of Geeksters Well we talk about casting news and particularly uh, people who are not going to be in certain movies Certain <coughs> people are crossing over from one Marvel to DC and DC to Marvel Oh men who walk between the worlds Ooh, Ooh. Of course, I had to get some Star Wars in this week. I just couldn't go another another week without Star Wars. <laughs> he was he was bursting at the seams with Star Wars news. <laughs> ah, I just couldn't get it. Couldn't couldn't stop. <laughs> couldn't. It was it was a backlog. <laughs> and then next thing you know, Star Wars. The news was blue. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway. Uh, what else? <laughs> what That's else? it. You want more? I don't know. We're talking about James Cameron. And what's, right. what's what's he's up to now with uh, yes. Avatar? Wait till you get a load of that one, folks. Yeah. Where do you get a load of that one? <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know we're leaving it at that. We'll see you at the end, folks. We're back. You're listening to Geeksters Live on AquanetRadio.com, iTunes Radio, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. There's your track on radio, those apps. All right. So, uh, yeah, we're back. Sorry about the cutting in, but as soon as, I, as soon as I sat down, now I don't have my mic plugged in, my headphones plugged in, but you can still hear me right yes. now. All right, Ed, carry on the show. <laughs> I was afraid you were going to say it. No, uh, all right, it's time for nerd yeah, news, everybody. I'm back. All right. I unplugged my headphones. My big feet. What professionalism we have. That's right. Uh, well, I'm going to start off with this one. Earlier, we were talking about MTV and actually uh, playing music. Yes. MTV yes, is actually going to start playing music again. Really? Yes. Okay. I heard this again. Yes. Uh, basically, the news broke the, this week that uh, MTV will be producing shows that will re- revolve around uh, music MTV Unplugged is one of the big ones that they've always had back in the day when they had music. They had those concerts, right? Yeah, they had Nirvana. Um, I seen Kiss did one. Paul McCartney did one. Right. Uh, apparently, they they recorded some shows. Marley Cyrus apparently did a uh, Unplugged uh, okay. w- back in the day a, a little while ago, in her, I guess the beginning of her career. And uh, so they want to bring that back. So well, the beginning of her career, we back in the Hannah Montana days. So you're talking about recently? Maybe, probably. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like they might have done some uh, some shows to go, hey, we're bringing back uh, Unplugged. Here's the first one. Yeah. All right. 
Okay. So, so that's that's something we're looking forward to. Uh, apparently, uh, Mark Burnell, who does a lot of reality television, he is bringing a show uh, back as well. I'm going to look at just looking for where it's uh, uh, where, where where that was in this article. They're also going to do um, Studio 24, which is uh, it follows the lives of your career of uh, an artist that's around today. That uh, like what, like an album, like how it starts and. Uh, concert tours and and promotion. Twenty four hours in a day in the life of a star. Yeah, but well, it's just called Studio Twenty Four. I'm assuming that the number studio that they're recording out of for whatever. Reason. Okay, all right, uh, all right. I mean, I mean that kind of goes back to though the people that they have. I, you know what? I can't. This is the part where our age starts to become more of a hindrance than a help. I think because I'm like, who are they going to get? Who really gives a shit about, you know, this person doing Unplugged? But that's because I don't give a shit about that person. Yeah. It's not like they're going to be going, ladies and gentlemen, uh, somebody old that you used to see to try to make them relevant again. It'll be like, hey, here's Miley Cyrus, an Unplugged version of Miley Cyrus. And you're like, oh, great. Here's you know? Jay-Z. Yeah. You know, yeah, stuff but, like that. Right. So, All right. Uh, Mark, but, uh, the reality show, there's not much information of it, but they think it's going to be a competition show for musicians. See, I hate, right away, I fucking hate it. If like, you had me at, here's how a record is made, produced, touring for a star. But if you're going to have it be a competition, right away, it's like, fuck, why do you need that? What's wrong with just having like a documentary format on an artist that's already relevant today and have them follow around? Why do you? Because it almost sounds like. Well, Studio Twenty Four is different from the Mark Bennell show. Oh, so okay, okay. Yeah, you gotta... The only reason why is I jumped the Studio because it jumped down me at the page, so that's why I started okay. reading that one. But then I found the Mark Bernal information. And gotcha. I'm okay. So Studio Twenty Four isn't by Mark Bernal? No, it's not. Okay. All right. What's his show going to be about? That's again. They they have very little information about it. Other than the fact that Mark Bernal does survive on all those reality shows, so it's a good guess that it's probably a competition reality show yes. for MTV. Yes. Okay. Some something with music though. That's, that's, right. Right. That's the whole key of this. The fact is that they're actually bringing mu- music shows. They're, bringing, they're trying to bring music back on MTV. Yes. All right. So they're going to have concerts. They're going to have uh, perform live performances. Well, that makes sense because I did read, uh, I guess, a spinoff article about that before. Prince's passing was that there's a new head of the head of MTV. Yes. And he's like, you know what? Fuck. We used to be called music television. Everyone now makes that joke that we have no music. Right. So let's change that. Let's go back to our roots and bring artists and bring music to the MTV because that's what we are about. It's enough about the teen fucking moms. Maybe at one point in time it was more of a, of a social issue of, you know, to make um, teen pregnancy more in the front front line to kind of be like, these are how this is what it's like to be a teenager and be pregnant, and then all of a sudden it became like this whole Jerry Springer type of attitude because they get the lowest kind of common denominator of these people to be on these shows. Well, that's the problem with it. I mean, like they they want to bring a social issue like that to the forefront. But the way they go about it is the fact is it's, it's more of a train wreck kind of a show yeah, because, that people get interested in because they're like, oh, who's going to fight on this show? Like, who's yeah. gonna, like what what young couple is going to not see eye and eye about a baby? At one point in time when, when they did the real world, because that real world to me is like the granddaddy of all reality shows. Mm-hmm. 
where you know it was like hey here's seven people from all different walks of life let's see how they interact yes and it was like that for a good while but then all of a sudden it became with who can we get the, the people in there that we know are going to fight because everyone loves fighting so if we get a bunch of people who we already know aren't going to get along and put them in a situation where they're stuck with each other like we'll have that we have to have the standard white guy we have to have the standard white guy who's anti anti uh he's anti homosexual. Yeah. And we'll have the flamboyant homosexual guy in there just to see them stir up shit because that brings ratings. We'll have the angry black person who hates white people while we have that staunch Republican who is against affirmative action. You know right. to, to, before it was just seven people in a house and let things play out. And then, then it became a well let's see people respond to that. Let's see if we can find a guy who fits that mold. And then it's that mold. Mm-hmm. And it starts to homogenize how the world views the younger generation. Yeah. And that's the reason why I think that Teen Mom and Teen Mom 2 became like this, oh, it made it almost like celebrity to be a pregnant teenager. Instead of the the difficulties of it, it kind of, you know, like, well, look at Buck Wild. Look what happened in that show. Yeah. It was like, hey, it's kind of like, hey, a bunch of, you know, Southern kids with no access to really real shit. Let's see what they do. And some of them either are dead or in jail or obscure. Yeah. You know, because that show burned out because it was like, hey, we're so wild. And MTV's like, yeah, let's eat it up. Let's eat it up. And never once stepped in to kind of go, maybe we're doing the wrong thing. Yeah. So I think the new guy is kind of like, remember back when the M stood for music? Not for mess. (laughs) <laughs> which is funny because I, I saw I was I don't know why I was going through YouTube I, well, I go through YouTube to watch videos you know on, on a weekly basis but there was this one that was a the new CEO of Cartoon Network okay and she was basically saying that they're going to bring cartoons back because I'm thinking well they have a lot of cartoons and it's like yeah that's the tr- that's true but they were also trying to bring live action Oh yeah, comedy to the, the like the uh, yeah. There's some swim. someone's idea of cartoon meant cartoonish behavior. Yes, instead of actual animation. Yeah, so they fired that guy and got this woman who's a new CEO, and she's like, "I'm bringing cartoons back to Cartoon Network." Like, good. So that's always good to have somebody that will actually take the channel for what it is and say, "Let's bring that back. Let's let's rejuvenize what that is and make it yeah. whole again." So that's I'm, I applaud that. Thank you, Sean. <laughs> All right. All right. What else you got there in the news? Uh, William Defoe. Uh, he's joining the Justice League cast. Okay. Um, any word on who he might play, or is no, it top secret? There, there is no thing. But the only thing they can say he's going to be one of the good guys in this. Uh... A good guy? Yes. William Defoe. William Defoe. Yes. You, you, you think of him again? He's one of those character actors that he's always a good bad guy. You know, he'd be perfect for whatever. Uh, uh, Again, the only thing I'm going to say he wouldn't be perfect because every once in a while I see someone post that picture of how great Willem Dafoe would be as a Joker. No, I, I he's way too old to be the Joker, yeah. in my opinion. And just because you can put some white make because he's got a great smile, that yeah. doesn't the smile is not the Joker. It's it's, it's uh, yeah anyway. Yeah. But I mean, okay, as a good guy, he'll probably be like not even like I, I guarantee you're not going to see him in tights. Right. I think he's going to be. Like a peripheral hero of of the just not necessarily the Justice League, but definitely like a uh, a senator or the president or somebody 
that's a civilian in that world. Mm-hmm. Personally, that's what I think. That's okay. what I think. Guys. That's what I, I think. think. Uh, okay. Oh, speaking of, that's what I think. You know, um, Dice, Andrew Dice Clay's got a new show on Showtime. Yeah. Very funny show. Okay. I, I just throwing it out there. Go watch that. It's very funny. All right. It kind of, it's kind of like a, a heightened reality on his life and how he lives day to day kind of thing now. Like having been at the top of the world and then not so much now. And they play off of that beautifully and brilliantly. But anyway, again, sorry. What else is in the news, Ed? <laughs> RDJ. Yeah, my boy, RDJ. What's yeah. up? He uh, He's going to return as Sherlock Holmes in uh, Sherlock Holmes 3. They're going to start shooting pretty soon. They have the script written, and uh, it looks like it's going to be an all-go for him. Um, Sure, why not? I mean, the man can carry more than one franchise. Yes. So uh, I do love those movies, so anything with him in it that's going to be like that, I'm in. So. They're sure they're, of course, they're not sure when the actual – with all his scheduling going on, right, like right. how he's going to do this. Cause he says, it'd be great if they could do it on Skype. He'd have it done in a week. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's definitely going to happen. Yeah, because and... I, do you have an article there about the new Spider-Man movie? I do. I have a couple of them. And uh, okay. I'm... Cause I was going to segue into something that I heard about RDJ and Spider-Man. Um, but... That's the next article I'm going to bring to all the, right. to the their news here. RDJ is going to be in Spider-Man Homecoming. I heard that, Ed. Yes. All right. I am uh, 100% on board. Now, in what capacity he's going to be in, I don't know. Because if you're going to be introducing Spider-Man in Civil War, then there's got to have that. You saw you saw Iron Man go, underoos. Yes. So you know that they've had an interaction at least some point in, in this movie. Right. Civil War. What kind of role he's going to play in Homecoming is, I guess, anyone's guess besides being Iron Man. Like, how is that going to help the Spider-Man story? But got to be honest, I don't care. I don't. I don't care because it's, it looks like the way I see it is, Sony and Disney are playing nice because Sony owns Spidey, yep, and they're like, hey, they worked out that deal. They get Spider-Man in the Civil War, and they got Kevin Feige to help relaunch Spider-Man in what some might say a proper direction. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's one of those, like, hey, maybe someone's finally come to the realization that everyone that owns these properties, there's there's enough money out there to be able to kind of share. Yeah. Like, they are, it's all the same toy box. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if Captain America wants to have Spider-Man, sure, here you go. Just give us a little something, something off the top, and then you can have Spider-Man. Here's the actor who plays Spider-Man. Like, it's something they wanted to do for, um, I forgot what movie it was, where, oh, for for X-Men and Marvel anyway, for when they were going to introduce Quicksilver. Yeah. They wanted the same actor. They wanted, and something happened, fell apart there. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're, maybe Fox will now kind of hop on board and go, well, it worked well for Spider-Man and... You know, worked well for Sony and and Marvel. Maybe yeah. you know, maybe we can get a little something something here. We have X Men, and how great would it be to see the Avengers versus the X Men in a movie? Mm-hmm. You know, especially if they can kind of work out something. Could you imagine them working out a secret deal just before Infinity War to have everybody in the comic book universe that's out there right now? Marvels. I would love to see that. 
<laughs> but I don't think it's going to happen. Only I neither do I. Because Sony, the only reason why Sony, I think, did this was because <clears throat> Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2 did yeah. not do so well yeah. in the box office. And it was really hurting their property. It's critic. They weren't getting critical success. Yes. You know. Yeah. There's and that really hurt them in the long run. So they really kind of had no choice, I think, in a way. Like, like they need something to to reboost it. And you know, Kevin Feige went in and go, let me, let me, let me see work. what you got. Okay, do this, do right. that. Yeah. yeah. And he came in. I'm going to work for free for you to help you bring back. But we want Spider Man in our movie. And they're right. like, okay, you know, we'll sign off. X Men is still making money. Sure. Still, sure. So they're still relevant. So I, I don't think that Fox is going to go, you know, like, I, yes. great all, I understand that. But but see, I would like to bring the head of, of, of that department and the head of Disney together and kind of go, look, guys, you guys have got a good thing going. X-Men's making money. Avengers is making money. Um, but how much more money? Could how you- much more money could you just imagine just for a moment? There you are. It's Infinity War Part 2. And just when our heroes look, or at the end of Infinity War Part 1, it looks like the Avengers are down for the count. And then out of nowhere, there's a red vision blast from Cyclops yeah. to knock away the bad guy. And then fade to the team standing there. Fade to black. End of movie. Mm-hmm. I've got goosebumps just thinking that. <laughs> you know. And then you're like, holy shit, the X-Men are in Infinity War? Holy oh. crap! Yeah. No one would have seen that coming. And then you have to wait a full year to find out what the fuck happened. Right. Because they keep it so under wraps that somebody goes, oh, yeah, we didn't tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) You know? And there's no bumper, no little tagline. I mean, it's it's against, you know, Marvel code not to have a bumper, I guess. But it's just the idea of just having that shot of, you know, there's Thanos getting really ready to, like, lay the smack down on Iron Man or whoever. And just as he's getting ready to raise up whatever, like a a piece of, like like a big column of rock, it gets shattered into a a million pieces. And he looks up, and there's you know Cyclops holding with his finger on his visor with all of the X Men, all of them, yeah, from any X Men from the entire cast, even Wolverine, get everybody, even fucking throw Deadpool in there, yeah. You know, imagine just that lineup and then Deadpool saying something, just go, what? <laughs> Bam. Yeah. End of story. Roll credits. People would have a fucking shit. Like, that would be the, oh, my God, could you imagine what's going to happen? And then they help the Avengers. They maybe pull their big team up and then bing, bang, boom, because Thanos is supposed to be the ultimate bad guy in the whole Marvel Universe. They that the, would kill Warner Brothers. That would uh... that would win the day, and then all of a sudden, then you can set up a Phase Four, Phase Five, where eventually X Men and Avengers collide. Doesn't yeah. have to necessarily be you know Iron Man and Captain America, but whatever whatever iteration of the Avengers and whatever iteration of the X Men are there, and then ba boom, because there's certain Avengers or X Men. Like you can have Scarlet Witch. Is she more of an a mutant or is she a super? Like, yeah, she's in there. Bring like, the mutants back. Yeah, see, huh? look at me. Uh, copyright geeksters. <laughs> you say, <laughs> give me a call, Disney, or give me a call. One, I can. Say, I'm sure. I, uh, let me mediate that conversation. Yeah, let me paint pictures for you. Yeah. All right, <laughs> all right. And so, uh, well, what speaking else? of Spider Man. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, I <laughs> belched. Michael Keaton, Batman. Oh, okay. I know where you're going with this one. Do you? Yes. 
He's no, he's not going to be in it. Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to do the old. Oh, rumor has he got you know he was going to be playing a villain, no. and it was like a couple days later. It was like, nope. Yep. He backed out for whatever reason. Right, that's the talk stop, and he's not he's not going to be in. Uh, though they are going to have an all star cast, like we said, Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark, Iron Man Marissa Tomei as Aunt May. Yeah, you didn't know that. No, she's in Civil War. Okay, I mean she's Peter. Okay, from I again without a spoiler, uh, fan of Fat Man on Batman and Mark Bernard saw Civil War, took his kid to it, and there is a scene with Iron Man in Brooklyn with Spider Man and Aunt May. Okay, well Peter Parker and Aunt May, so you get to see Marissa Torme in Civil War because I knew she was Aunt May from for a while back. So okay, and then they're going to have uh, Zed. Zendaya as a character named as Michelle, uh, Lauren Harrier as and oh and, and Tony Rivari as uh, two friends of Peter's in the movie. Okay. So July seventh, July seventh, twenty seventeen is when <laughs> All right. Spider-Man: Homecoming is coming to theaters. What do you think of the title? You know what I I I am not like just You're not sold on it. Not sold on it. And I, I mean, and then of course though you you think about it, I'm like oh it makes sense you know you you. you it's it's like kind of like that that grand like homecoming you know There's, the the Spider Man that you want is coming back like it's homecoming. There is there is a couple of different meetings there because you can kind of look at it that way too. Or he's in high school homecoming dance. Okay. You know, there's okay. A, I think there's a double entendre there in that title. Right. I and think it, it's like a, a Spider Man homecoming because welcome home back to the Marvel family because he's in good hands now, but also set in high school. You know, like I said, kind of a, pulled that idea out of, out of the, the, that podcast as well. Like the homecoming, because the way the font's written, it looks like a high school banner. Okay. Uh, you know, but I'm looking, I don't care. It's Spider Man, man. I don't care. I really, I want to walk out. And I want to feel the magic of seeing Spider Man again, like I did when I first saw the first movie. That, that, that little kid in me going, there's my hero. Like, <laughs> You know, up on screen. That's my Spider-Man. That's my Spider-Man. So, all right. Well, you know, you were talking about Kevin Smith. Yes, I was. And we have a rating now of his next movie, Yoga Hosers. Okay. It's going to be rated R. Um. Well, it's it's right now rated R. Yes. But as typical of all of Kevin's movies, he usually appeals them. Yes. Yeah, is that what the article is? That's yeah, he is he's definitely going to appeal it. It is in the article that he is going to appeal it. The reason why he has the R rating is because apparently on a book, on a cover, there's a picture of a penis. That's the reason? That is the reason. <sighs> that that is such a stupid reason. <laughs> I gotta be honest, that is so dumb. I mean, okay, you know what? It's dumb, but also easily be fixable. Mm-hmm. Like you can go, okay, you know what? I'll cut that scene out to get the because he really wants a PG thirteen rating. Yes, because he wants it. He's kind of like he the way he always describes it. It's the it's the movie the thirteen year old girl and me always wanted to make. You know. Yeah. So if he says, okay, I will cut out that you know drawing, and we're if do I get the PG thirteen rating? And they say yes, fine. Because you know why? Because I guarantee you there's some dirtier shit in there that they ignored because of that ball scene. I, I honestly think that Kevin probably threw that in there knowing that he probably had to make that cut. Because a lot of smart directors, and Kevin right now are probably going, I never said I was smart, but, you know, yeah. 
the idea is to throw enough shit in there to make people give it a harder rating than intended with the the appeal to say, all right, I'll take this out. And then they go, okay, now it's PG-13 because there's a joke that you really want or yeah. a scene in there that you really want that if you didn't have the, look over here, look over here, that would be the main focus. Mm-hmm. So I think, I, think it's, it's, I think it's the game that you have to play to get a movie made nowadays. Yep. <laughs> I, I agree. You are correct, sir. I don't know what to say. I mean, you, you, you <coughs> hit the nail on the head. I, I think. was so eloquently. Uh, yeah, now, ask me to spell oblivious. <laughs> They're obvious. Either word. <laughs> I guess they both don't begin with an I. All right, let's move on to something completely different. And now, for something completely different. That's right. All right. Allison Hannigan. Willow. Yes. Also, um, um, your character's name in How I Met Your Mother. Yes. All right. She's returning to television. Oh. She's never really left, but okay. What, what's she doing? I mean, <laughs> well, she was in movies and does some movies, mostly TV. I mean, seven years on Buffy, nine years on How I Met Your Mother. That's 16 years on television. Yeah. So versus. Well, you figured, you know, she's going to go back to movies again, I'm, I'm assuming. Maybe, you know? maybe. But I, I, I guess she likes the steady paycheck of a, of a TV show. Yeah, maybe versus... she works better with the pace of, of that. And she doesn't maybe where she's working out of. She gets because she is a mom, mm-hmm. she is married, so maybe she kind of feels like I don't need to travel as much if I'm going to Studio Seven B or yeah. All right, well, what's what's it going to be? She is going to star, well, not star. She's going to host the uh, TV show Penn and Teller Fool Us. Ooh, I love that show. Yes, I enjoy that show as much as you, probably you do. I actually caught the last couple of seasons because the first two seasons, this is season three, that's right. going to be for those people who don't know. Let me get a little background. Okay. okay. Penn and Teller Fool Us actually is a show that they started over in over in England. Yeah, that it was basically a, a, a show where magicians come out and they perform in front of a stu- live studio audience yeah. and Penn and Teller. Yes, and the idea is is that Penn and Teller breaks down in a way without spoiling the trick itself. Yes, how the trick is done to see if they can figure it out. If they can't figure it out, yeah, you fooled us. Good on you. I don't know if there's any real prize involved other than the fact that you got one over on Penn and Teller. Yes, there is actually a prize. Oh, yes. You get a trophy, obviously. Obviously. But, but that's, you know, that's the, the, yeah, the that's minor. Yeah, the tchotchke stuff. But you get to open for Penn and Teller in Vegas. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. So all right. You get to be like a bit of a... So probably like, uh, hey, for a year, you'll be our opening act. Yeah. That's, you know what? That's a that's a nice that's a nice uh, steady job for yeah. at least a year. Especially the probably the... <clears> the uh, uh, Notoriety they will get for opening sure. for Penn and Teller. Sure, you go to Vegas, easily see Penn and Teller, and you see this other magician. You go, hey, that guy's pretty good. That like, guy's what else? Good. Did, yeah. You know? Um. So, so I, they brought that. It was a, a huge success over in on the on in England. So they brought it to the states. Yes. You know, again, and I. It's on. It was on the CW. I yes. don't know if it's still going to be in the CW. Yes. Okay. Um. And it's basically the same concept where. They have to figure out a trick. Now, I like when I like how they, if they know how a trick is done, how they tell it without telling it because they don't want to give away the secret. Yes. But they do have to kind of give the, is there this involved? And if the guy says yes, they go. The, the, the best part about it is he'll, they'll give a person's name or a trick, another trick that it's maybe based off of. Yeah. That they might have done. There's or, a little history behind the trick. Yes, and they'll they'll mention person's name or some kind of whatever happened, like a, a scenario, and they'll give it to you, and it's like you have no clue what they're talking about. Right. But the magician goes, "Yep, you got me. You That's- got me." And you're sitting there going, 
ooh, like it's 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 fun because you do one. Who doesn't love magic? Yeah. I mean, I, I got to admit, it's one of those like, oh, there's magic in the world. Right. Yeah, sure, it is, you know, fake magic, maybe. I don't know. You never know. Some of, these, some of the tricks, though, I mean, I watched the show. There was a guy who had a, a, a program. He goes, oh, I thought I, I was the only one on the show, but apparently I only get like two minutes. And he does this, folds it up and rips it in, in pieces. But then he puts it back together. All That's an old trick. Yeah. yeah. But but actually fooled Penn and Teller on, on oh, how really? he did it because he goes. Some people think that there's an extra program I sleeve. He takes off his coat right. and then and then he has a trick, uh, uh, like a, a slingshot that he shows. But he tears that one up and then he does. So it. he kind of he in a way of doing the trick, he kind of does almost what Penn and Teller do. Like when they did the ball trick, they would use clear cups yeah. because it's such an old trick. It's more vaudevillian than it is magic, magic yeah. per se. So it's okay to kind of spoil that one. So the guy kind of did that a little bit by saying, this is how the trick's normally done. Right. Because almost everybody knows how that trick's done. Right. But now I do this, and you're like, what? Yeah. yeah. And, then, and, you know, because Penn and Teller goes, well, it's a blah, 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 blah. And he goes, no, no, no. If you look at the tape, and they did, and they go, nope, they fooled us. Like, we don't yeah. know how he did it. And, and that was like, and he got the, the bit. But it was funny because he has the same kind of comedy almost. As Penn and Teller, so it was right. It was like, wow, that'd be a great show to see him opening yeah. up and have laughs, and then have Penn and Teller come on. Yeah, I, I like that show. It's a good show. But the reason why Allison Hannigan is on the show is because he, her and her daughter are fans of the show. They really? watched it. Yes, and they. She goes, it was great to, to watch it with my daughter. It was like kind of it was a family show that we could both enjoy, and I'm I'm happy to be a part of the show. So she's uh, look forward to that this summer, kids. All right, yeah, I'm 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 there because I love I've always loved Penn and Teller. Mm-hmm. Saw them live a couple times. I loved their show. Well, when it was on the air, bullshit. Mm-hmm. I loved that show. I, I I used to get when I was younger. People used to say used to look like Penn. Used to not anymore. I've obviously put on more weight. I am I am probably twice the size as Penn now than he used to be when at his biggest because now he lost all that weight. Wait, yeah, you know, always makes me wonder. Like I'm kind of him, Kevin losing weight. It's you know how they want to do it. I almost feel like I want to make that attempt. Well, I'm just I'm, you could grow a, a, a Van Dyke and the bearded mustache yeah. and do a, like a person like be a, a <laughs> it would be a pen, a pen. pendulet personator, you know. Like, you know, here's what you got to do: first, you get the card, and then you do those. Now, if you notice over here, you got this little you know, <laughs> just work on the voice. Just on the voice, yeah. You know, there used to be this thing a long time ago where if you did this. This would happen, and then next thing you know, poof, magic. <laughs> yeah, but I get to use totally fucking that up. <laughs> never mind. I would never do a real magic trick. But I would just be. I would just get the suit and stand around, paint a what do you call it? A uh, paint a fingernail red. Yeah. Let my hair grow out really, really long. Yeah. All right. So what else I got there in the news, Ed? You know what? Something I haven't done. In a long, long time. Oh my God, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I, I believe I can. I can. Already... You smell that? It smells like Star Wars news. That's right. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> People are going, yeah, you're sitting right next to him. I have no idea what he's bringing to the show, folks. <laughs> but him with that kind of an intro and how he was ramming Star Wars down our throats for a little while, he's been kind of steering away. But I'm sure that whatever the Star Wars and, news and, is, and, I'm, and and the thing is, is folks, I've had Star Wars news for weeks, weeks. <laughs> I have an article every show, every show, and I have never bought it because it was never enough time, or there was there was a, there was a shtick that you went on or I went on, right. or whatever. 
and it never got to it. So it, it was like, you know what? It's not that important. It's not, a, <laughs> you know, important. So stay tuned for an all Star Wars nerd news someday soon. No, you know, I, might as, I just, I just move on. I find okay. new articles. So this week, of course, there was a couple. And now that I have extra time for some reason, uh-huh. I'm going to bring at least one of them to you. J.J. Uh, Arabums uh, talks about – he basically had a uh, Q&A uh, about Star Wars The Force Awakens. As you want to do when you have a juggernaut of a movie like that. Exactly. People are always going to go, and, did you ever think it would be as big as it was? Yeah. You know, is there anything in this movie that you would have changed? And the thing was is that he was talking about Harrison Ford, about his injuries, how that actually saved the Star Wars Force Awakens. Oh, tell us more, Ed. Yes. Apparently there was the scenes in the Aluminium Falcon, and they were shooting it, and that's when Harrison Ford got hurt. Right, door slammed on his ankle. Ankle, right. And actually, uh, uh, J.J. got hurt a little bit trying to help his friend. Right, because <laughs> and J.J., I think, told the story on Conan O'Brien where this door is high, um, has got a hydraulic kind of slam down. Yes. And for some reason, J.J. thought he could lift that door up, and he wound up pulling his back out. Yes. All right. So, yeah, like, way to go, J.J. But in all fairness, I think I would probably have done the same thing. Like, oh, my God, a national treasure is about to get his foot smashed. Let me go see if I can rescue him by lifting a high, you know, a door that that's heavy, pushed down by hydraulics, up off it. All of a sudden, I become the Hulk. Oh, Hulk, save uh, Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> like a mother and a, and, yeah. a ba- and a baby under a car. Yeah. Like, he's going to lift it up. Must save, slide under, and you find yourself cut in half because you got just enough time. Or as you're reaching for him, you just go, like, oh, what? You couldn't, you, I bet if your hat was on the other side, you'd move that slow ass, wouldn't you, Han? (laughs) 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 I saw Temple of Doom. Why didn't you hustle like that, you old man? (laughs) So he basically, sorry, it was a little loud for me. Oh, that's right. So he basically said that he had, since Harrison Ford was injured, they had time off. Right. So he was able to rewrite the, that part of the script, and now it's what we see today in, in, in the film. Oh, rewrite all the Millennium Falcon stuff? Yeah. Okay. And he, and he said that, that this was a lot better, and he was grateful for the fact that, you know, it, it was sad that what happens after right. the board, but it gave him a chance to kind of rework, re- rework it because he says he just didn't feel it being correct for the movie of the what he had originally. So he, he oh, okay. went back and, and was able to reshoot it and, and do it properly the way he wanted to. And uh, get it, get it. I, you know, all, all that stuff in the Millennium Falcon, I, I, I adore. Like that is, it's, it is the essence of the character of Han and Chewie, and and you know all that kind of atmosphere. That's the reason, you know, like, and knowing that he was probably working with a busted leg at that time, yeah. or you know, that's the reason why you you see him mostly sitting down. Um, I know Peter Mayhew's knees weren't weren't are. are better but they're not super great yes because i in the documentary we saw that that he had like a stand-in a chewy stand-in yes for some of the stuff like the walking stuff but that's why chewy's wounded and he's laying in that bed the whole time so you can have peter mayhew in the mask and not have to worry about all the walking and all the running Mm. it's like it was smartly written to kind of take two people who are not in the best of health to do that film right, right, yep. in a way to kind of have the action around them and still be centered on them. It was re- really, really good. Yes. You know? 
All right, what else you got there, Ed? Well, that's another another Star Wars article. You're kidding. This was actually because it's the same one. And it's, it, I wanted to say it was the Tribeca Film Festival that he was at. And Chris Rock was actually hosting the Q&A. And, of course, they had audience members come up and ask him questions. Okay. And, and they had a young fan come out uh, from middle school. I uh, can't find his name. I don't think that's it, right. it might not be in this article. But he asked him who uh, Ray's parents were. Uh Fair question. And, of course, the whole audience applaud because they're like... Because everyone's going, yeah, yeah, right, here we go. And, of course, J.J. Abrams said, told him to get out. (laughs) (laughs) So after the laughter has stopped... Hey, guys. (laughs) Yes. He said that that the the first quote was that his parents weren't in episode... Her parents. Her parents weren't in episode seven. Ooh. But they have fact that they have fact... They have clarified the comments earlier that says... What he meant to say was that she doesn't discover them in episode seven. Not that they're already in her world. Uh-huh. So there's still the chance of it being a Luke and somebody else. Yes. Luke guy, little Luke was driving in his X-Wing, was playing Little Prince. Next thing you know, boom, chicka, boom, boom, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, all right. I mean, I, I I still think it's uh, the, it's uh, Leia and Luke. Uh, Leia and Luke. Leia and Luke. Luke, Luke yeah. yeah. Hee-haw. Space herpes. That's how they kiss space incest. Those two kisses really, you know, next thing you know. Han and Leia is what I meant to say. <laughs> I, I do think it's Han and Leia's kid, too. I, I kind of hope it is because that makes the, the dynamic between Rey and Kylo a little more tense, where it becomes brother and sister not random girl Han and Leia's kid. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of, and the movie does seem to so focus on the cylindrical nature of that family. Yeah. So, you know, everyone's like, oh, it could be an Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan's kid. And I'm like, eh, she's a little young to be Obi-Wan's kid unless Obi-Wan was getting a little something, something as an old man before he died on Tatooine. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> Well, how did she end just, up with Jakku? That's what I. That, that well, she was dropped was. off there. <laughs> yeah. She was dropped off there, but I don't think Obi Wan did it. But it's not like the Force it moves around you; it just goes through you, like you know, <laughs> as as Prince is playing in the background, like like, <laughs> like your mother did. Yes, <laughs> in the background, it's nothing compares to you. <laughs> I'm completely botching up a Prince song, but. You know, in the background, <laughs> I would die for you. As 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 Obi Wan's unsheathing his lightsaber, <laughs> let the force flow through you. <laughs> even Prince still gets people laid, even in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> <laughs> Got any other news there, Ed? Uh, can I do one more? Article? Yeah, sure. You got one more in you. Yeah. You have one more in you. Yeah, one more. All right, give it to us. Make it a good one. James Cameron. Who? No, I'm just kidding. That curse. <laughs> Who? Yeah, exactly. No, uh, James Cameron. You know, of course, his biggest thing, I think, at this point, is everybody's talking about Avatar. Avatar. Right? Yeah, everything's Avatar, 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 Avatar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and we've 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 talked about in the past how like people have actually gone to his office and saying. What's up with Avatar? Like, when are we getting really? a sequel? Yes. You remember that one? It was like was it last that. year, I think. I we, 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 Someone we, just walked in. <laughs> Yo, what's up, James? How's this going? What's up with Avatar? <laughs> shh, shh, shh. I'm still trying to, you know, bring the Titanic back to life. You know, <laughs> like, what's up? Come on, Cam. 
What's up with Avatar 2? You know? Well, the thing for me is, before I get into this article, was I think Disney would be, like, banging on the door. They're making Avatar Land in their parks. I mean, like, they're taking a piece of Animal Kingdom and making it <laughs> Avatar Land. Which just goes to show you how, how Disney's still able to capitalize on that movie, how old that movie is now. It's got to be like, uh, uh, you know what? I'm going to find out. I'm not going to – if I had to take a guess – I'm going to say early 2000s. I'm going to say 2006. And I don't know because I don't know. It's, it doesn't say oh, in the article. Oh, nope. 2009. Nine. So, yeah. Yeah. Wasn't even close. Nope. Neither was I. <laughs> so, he's talking about how he's going to do the sequels. Because he's not just doing but two. Yeah, Avatar 2 is uh, recalled slated for 2018. Yes. December of 2018 is the uh, current release date slated for Avatar 2. Um, he is going to do two, three, and five. Two, three, four. Two, three, and five. Two, three, and five. <laughs> Fuck like, four. Four is crap. I don't want to do like, that one. You know what? I had four in mind, and I started filming it, and I was like, you know what? Nah, we're, gonna, we're just going to skip four and go right to five. We're going to let somebody else deal with four. Four is actually Avatar Land. You actually go to Avatar Land and live out that movie, so that way you the actions and stuff that happens in Avatar Four, you know, can be reflected upon <laughs> Avatar Five. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Disney doesn't care. It's like we're actually building Avatar Land for Cameron because at the end of Avatar Three, it's going to be you who's interactive. You're going to be like, "Welcome to Avatar Land 4. <laughs> They're going to shoot it and then release it. <laughs> it's going to be just fan films. It's going to be a, they're going to have that whole, like, hey, you are the avatar. And you get to be like a first person perspective, or you get to see yourself as a blue cat, you know? <laughs> Ooh, new coming to Disney Avatar Land, also known as Avatar 4. <laughs> <laughs> Avatar 5 starts. What happened to Avatar 4? That's the mystery that we solve in Avatar 5. <laughs> Avatar 5, directed and written by Mel Brooks. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, boy. I'm, I'm assuming you're seeing Avatar 2, 2, 3, and 4. He's going to film all of it at the same time. Imagine that. We're just going to film two, three, and five. And all the actors are like, how come I, where's my script for four? Now we're not doing that one. Completely different cast. <laughs> same act, same same roles, different cast. <laughs> so basically his idea is he's going, like, say on Monday, he'll shoot scenes from episode four. <laughs> okay. Avatar four. But on Tuesday, he'll shoot a scene from Avatar two. And then, like, uh, Wednesday will be Avatar 3, probably. Or, you know, they didn't really get more specific than that. But that's the idea is, is that he's going to set up every day. They're going to have it all set up for different movies. And they're just going to shoot it all the way through for all the movies. Right. He's going to do kind of like what Peter Jackson did for The Lord of the Rings. Shoot them all at the same time. And then, you know, cut and edit, cut and paste the scenes together to fit 3, 4, and 5. Yeah. That seems like a fucking lot of work. Yes. I'm just, I mean, as an actor... I would think, I mean, okay, yeah, they got good actors in these roles. And it is really just, like, it's going to be kind of hard where, okay, Monday I'm doing, let's say, Avatar 4. 
I don't know what happened in Avatar 2 and 3 to know how I should feel about this. Right. The only person I have to rely on is James Cameron. Because he can go, okay, in this scene, you're sad. All right? And you do your lines sad. Then the next day, it's Avatar 2, and he's like, okay, your motivation is you're happy. And so you say that. So you're going to be going through this barrage of emotional, you know, roller coaster of a character and never know once how all these things interconnect. I mean, I'm sure they sit down at a table read and kind of go, we're going to read today Avatar 2. And then so you guys get an idea of where the story is going. But I'm going to film it in a way where Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we're doing Avatar 2. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Saturday, we do Avatar 3. And we only do Avatar 4 on Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it seems seems like a tough schedule. It sounds like a bad idea. But, I mean, Peter Jackson did it with, you know, the Lord of the Rings. He, He did some chronological order. But he also did like you know. Yeah, but here's but, a scene that I'm recording that I know is going to be in part three. But the the books were there, like 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 you had you had something fellowship, to least... you had you know two towers, you had Return of the King, the Hobbit. You could read all these books as you're waiting for your scene, or you know you could have read through them before you even start production of it. Right. Well, all of them, and, all of them were fans of the book anyway. Right. So so it made sense. So when they have it, they go, okay, I'm we're we're doing the scene in two towers. And I know what's Everyone going just on. Flip, 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 right. flip, flip. I know what's going on. I, I read the book. I, I know it by heart, or I know enough right. of the story that I, I got the idea of it. Where he's the only one who has these scripts, pretty much. Well, I'm assuming they'll all get their their at least their dailies for that day. It's not going to be like, okay, I got everybody here. Act. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not because that's not what's in my head. You know, it's like, <laughs> why am I missing an arm in this scene? You know, like, yeah. Just go with it. Yeah. I, I'm James Cameron. And then the next day is. I have my arm back? Like, what is that all about? It's about Avatar 2. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have my arm. Avatar 4. (laughs) Trust me. (laughs) You're just going to... I mean, it is... It's. You do have to have a lot of faith in your director to help guide you through that process of your character through while filming three movies, three different movies, at the same time to kind of get your character arc right. That's a lot of trust and a lot of faith. And... In the the captain who is sitting there going, I got it. Don't worry about it, because you're just like, okay, I'm I'm just reading lines. Like, I have to rely on him to tell me how how much emotion I should have, how little emotion. Mm-hmm. Like, how does this connect with what I just filmed yesterday? Yeah. Like one day he's my father, next day he's not my father. <laughs> you know, one day he's she's my sister, and next day she's not my sister. You know, next thing you know, there's a big hairy animal walking in, and I got to call my hair a walking carpet. Tell me what's going on, James. I'm really just a fan of Star Wars. I'm just, I'm just, I'm redoing Star Wars. This is not Avatar. And then, and then, I haven't seen Avatar. Uh, I know this is not Avatar. And then, and then, this is the scene, uh, James. I, I hate to. Why do I have to dress her as Ripley? <laughs> like now we're now we're not blue cats now we're a bunch of, of xenomorphs um yeah 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 because we're gonna have the avatars are gonna land on that planet and we're gonna have you know the space marines come in and it'll be game over man game over yeah you know? <laughs> and then i got a cameo by Arnold schwarzenegger coming in and he's gonna be an old terminator after free you know and he's gonna free all he is and then, while all of this is going to happen on a boat, 
that's going to sink at the end because it's being told from the story, the viewpoint of an old woman. <laughs> <laughs> and and these, and they're all like, uh, okay, uh, there is a check involved, right? This isn't like, a, yeah, 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 you guys are getting paid. Okay, guess I just better just do my job and cash that check. Hope it clears. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, I got to go to the back. I'll be back. Yeah. Uh, can I get that in cash, please? <laughs> Not that I don't believe in the project, but I got some outstanding bills. I'm just saying. Like, I, it's got to be a little worrisome. You know? I, I can't imagine that it, be, it being anything that, but that, it's it's insane. It's it's madness. It's hectic. This is Avatar. Avatar. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Dun, 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 I, I, dun. I can't imagine any actor actress being in these movies going, what now? Like, I agree to this? Like, how did this happen? How long is this going to take? <laughs> like, is there a check involved? I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's seven years old, and we still got another two years for the next sequel. Well, I mean, the idea is that if he's going to be filming a nice chunk, let's say, I mean, I do know that when, and the only person I can actually compare this to, again, is Peter Jackson, is, it took him what three like a year to actually do all the filming, yeah, um, and then another year to actually get the first film. Like they were always working on those films, but they needed to film because it, it'll probably be like that. Like it, there'll be three separate editing teams: one to take all the stuff from two, one to take one from three and four, and then just compile all that footage. And then as the dailies come in, add them all together, take a look at them. So then, because there's going to be reshoots, there's going to be ADR, but at least if you get the majority of two done and you have two out in the theaters, you already know that three is coming out next year. Yeah. You know, and then so they can at least work on three while they're working on four to kind of, because Cameron wants to kind of push the envelope as far as how this is being filmed. So he's got to create the cameras that he wants to use to help fulfill his vision because he helped kind of, he revolutionized the 3d movie and, you know, sort of. And then, uh, so now he has got to come up with an idea to kind of revolutionize the next level. If you're going to do, if you're going to do avatar, you know, two, three, and four, you're going to need to have that some sort of a, of a, of a pull to kind of create a, new viewing experience mm -hmm. hence the reason why four is going to be in disney world you know it's it's well, your, i mean you keep saying two three and four which you're, you're correct but it's four sequels so he's doing five so he's doing two, two three or four and five still four movies four movies it's so yeah that's gonna be that's gonna be rough man still, i still yet to see the first one yet well i'll make you see the first one because actually it was, it was on last night and i watched about 10, 15 minutes of it. Yeah, not like it. And I'm like, uh, I, I guess I, I guess I missed I guess I missed you, that boat. Oh, you know? it's the. I don't get what the big deal is about this movie. Yeah. I told you, I, neither do I. I mean, I enjoy the movie, but it's fucking Pocahontas. People, people who who are not moviegoers, when talking about this movie, love this movie and how beautiful it was and how it, spectacular this was and how mind blowingly Oof. excellent this was and i'm like wow that's great and i just never have the opportunity i bought the the dvd of it right. it was before i blew ray right i bought the dvd copy of it and then they came out with the extended edition that's released in the theater for like a short period of time right and then released it on dvd and blu-ray 
And I'm like, I didn't buy that one. And I'm like, it's like that's what I have. I still haven't seen like the, the first <laughs> one yet. Yeah, the first was theatrical kind of this that everybody's been raving over. And then I'm like watching it, and I'm like, it was all like the the uh, before, like uh, kind of like before they the setup of the Avatar, and they're like the the jet that Colonel whoever he was, and he's like that gung ho like. GI, uh, okay, yeah. And I'm like, it is so like. It's so typical what you see nowadays. Yeah. And that's probably because you've seen, like, I, when I saw it, I thought it was a good movie. I wasn't really blown away by it. I mean, I thought that the 3D was great. The visually, like, if you you, know, you have a high-def Blu-ray television, it's gonna those colors are going to pop. Like, when you're on on the Avatar Island itself, planet island, <laughs> when you're on the uh, when you're on the planet, it is like, Wow, it's pretty and it's gorgeous and it, it there's like a whole like nature versus industrial kind of thing that you've seen before. Like I said, it really is like when you break down the movie to its basic core themes, it is a little bit of Pocahontas, a little bit of Aliens. It's it's everything that you like in James Cameron movies all put together into a James Cameron movie. <laughs> Like even the mech characters that they use remind me of the 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 mech uh, machine that Ripley used in Aliens. Yeah, it was like everyone loved the way that look, machine looked. Let's put the bad guy in that, you know. Yeah. And then here's here's the guy who is completely foreign to this land, and he learns how to fall. He he falls in love with the native girl, and he becomes one with the planet, and he realizes that you know. These people need to be saved and not wiped out, or there's, you know, it, it becomes very Pocahontas ish. Yeah. You know, and you're like, okay. And, but when you kind of forget that when you're watching it because you're just like, it's pretty, a lot of blue. There's a lot of blue in that movie. <laughs> you know, because it needed the money, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I, thought that joke, I was thinking that joke before you said it. <laughs> All right, we see we ended on that one. Sounds good. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. You've been listening to Geeksters Live on AquanetRadio.com, iTunes Radio, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. Just Aquanet Radio on those apps. Don't forget, if you enjoyed the show and you want to support it, go to Geeksters on our Facebook page, Geeksters Radio, and give us a like. Follow us on Twitter at Geeksters. And if you really like the show and you want to hear the replay with bonus material, usually means Ed and I intro and outro each hour of the show, you can download it for free at iTunes or on iTunes or on our, fa- our webpage, wordswithgeeks.com. Or if you go to the About section on our Facebook page, it'll tell you where else you can find it at. Or if you're a Google user, you can download any podcast app, search for Geeksters, and our show will be there for you. And if, as always, if you want to contact Ed on anything you've seen or heard on the show, you can contact him at ed at wordswithgeeks.com. Or you can contact Sean at sean at wordswithgeeks.com. We'll see you next week, folks. Bye! And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, geeks and geeks, ex boys and girls, and all the species in between. What he said. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, where there you have it, folks. Have you got any other articles that you wanted to bring to the table, Ed? Or <laughs> what? I, I, it's like all packed away. You want to bring another article? You could, no. You could have just played it off like, no, no, I think we gave the audience enough to chew on for a week. You could have. It's called improvising. You're just like, 
What? Uh-huh. <laughs> I, just hit me in the side just, of the pan or something like that. Kinda, what? Huh? <laughs> Blindside me. Why uh, there's everything's put, put away and I it's almost midnight and uh, I need sleep. More? <laughs> what? Who? Huh? What? I don't know. Third base. <laughs> I thought you were doing an impression of Vinny Barbarito. What? <laughs> Where? Who? What? Up your nose with a rubber hose. Uh, <laughs> uh, right now, someone should do the meme of, of when, he, when he's in <laughs> um, that, that confused look where he's walking around <laughs> yes. in Pulp Fiction with that voiceover. Huh? What? Where? Watch the hair. Don't touch the hair. All right, folks. Well, uh, thanks for listening. Um, You've been listening to Geeksters on. I don't know. I'm sorry. I went one where I, for a second, really thought we were live. (laughs) Oh, God. It's late. (laughs) Uh, Yes. This is this is why people love our show. It's the human element because we're 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 not afraid to admit our flubs and our faults, and we're not sitting in a studio going snip snip snip. Can we do like can I, can I try that again? I didn't really like the way it sounded. I fumbled that word. You know, do take two. Let's take two, please. No, it's raw. It's real, real. You want another take on that? No, guffaws and all. <sighs> but seriously, folks, if you have it there, come a little closer, people. Come just a little closer, right closer. If you want to catch this show live, you can on Sunday nights from six to nine thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Aquanet Radio. It's on AquanetRadio.com. Right now, it was like, oh my god, you stupid son of a bitch! I had everything all out. Oh, real quiet in there. Like, oh. So if you want to catch our show sun, live on Sunday nights, you can. On Sunday nights. I, what, what day? <laughs> Sunday nights from 6 to 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time on AquanetRadio.com. iTunes Radio. Tune in on iHeartRadio. Just search for Aquanet Radio on those apps. <sighs> so weird. I'm not used to doing those rules. You can also go to Facebook, go to Geeksters Radio, and give us a like. We'd appreciate it. Or you can follow us on Twitter at Geeksters. Yeah. <laughs> like, is that right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, keep going. I think I think I'm okay. <laughs> if you want to contact us, you can go to Facebook as well and go to Geeksters Radio and message us. We'll both see it there. But if you want to individually contact us, like if you want to talk to Sean in particular and say hello and say how a great job he's doing, you can contact us, Sean at wordswithgeeks.com. <laughs> Ed finally realized that the best way to do this is by talking with your hands because he's doing the, the little thing with the hands like, hey, what am I doing here? You do it all the time. I do it all the time. <laughs> see how relaxing it is? <laughs> uh, I see, see, when I do it, it just stuns you because you have that stunned look in your face like, what are you doing? You're doing my show. <laughs> You're doing my bit. Hey, that's my stick. What are you doing? What are you doing? Hey. Who are you can contact Ed? Um, at ed at wordswithgeeks.com. <laughs> and we'll see you next time, folks. That was one-
wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo. 